Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So, hey, Kate, thanks for joining us today. Of course, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, so why don't we start by having you introduce yourself to the audience and, and your, you and your company. Sure, so um, my name's Kate. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Sun and Swell Foods. We're based in Santa Barbara, California. And at Sun and Swell Foods, we're on a mission to make it easier for people to eat whole real foods. And we try to bring these types of foods to people in a way that's better for, um, for the planet as well. So we make grab and go snacks. We also sell a line of pantry staples um, and we try to incorporate sustainable practices in everything we do. So um, you were um, one of the companies that um, was selected. This is how I, I met you virtually speaking. Um, you were you were one of the companies selected to pitch at Expo West, and then we yep. lost Expo West, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> because of COVID. Um, and and one of the things, so at the time, um, you know what what we talked a lot about was the your your mission, you know, your commitment to mission, and um, because I you know for the Expo West for New Hope Media, that's a pretty important dimension to brands. So why don't you talk some more about that? Yeah. So um, it's funny because when we started, um, and my, my co-founder is my husband, Brian. And uh-huh. when we started our company, we started about um, the ideas and, you know, R&D started about four years ago. We, we brought it to market, our products to market about three years ago. But when we started the company, it was really all about just the food or, the, uh-huh. you know, the original idea was, hey, we it specifically stemmed from my personal need. I switched to, um, I kind of spent a long part of my life caring about like what the scale said and how many calories were my food and how many carbs were my food. And I made a pretty big diet shift um, back in 2016. And instead of focusing on all the numbers and obsessing over that kind of stuff, I really just started focusing on the ingredients I was putting in my body and how they made my body feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started following a whole food diet so just a diet, you know, I, I tr- trying to avoid things like added sugars, added preservatives, added flavors. And when I started eating this way, I realized that there was not a lot of, specifically at the time, not a lot of snack foods on the market that you could flip over the, the package, read the ingredient label and say, oh yeah, I know every single ingredient in that label. It's something I would have in my pantry. It's straightforward. I know what all it is. Usually you'd have to go, right. I'd have to go Google some of the ingredients or big like 50 ingredients long. And it's like, oh. right. And unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, the original, you know, idea for the company was I want snacks available for myself, but also realizing, um, there, I was not alone. There was a lot of people trying to eat this way. Um, snacks available that were just really simple. Um, right. And so the, it's always the core of our company has always been about bringing healthy, whole, real foods to people. And that remains like at the core of really what we're trying to do. But as we got into this journey of being a packaged food company, um, one thing that quickly rose 
to the top of my mind is like, okay, this isn't just about food. This is about like how we can make an impact on the world as a business. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different elements of that, you know, um, what, what that can mean. But one of the things that really jumped out to us was we're starting to contribute to this, although we're bringing healthy snacks to people, we're starting to contribute to this other major issue, which is single-use plastic. Right. And, um, and it's, I, you know, for the first... For the first two years, I just, it's just something I felt really bad about. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't do everything, you know, we, you know, we kept saying at the end of the day, we're bringing healthy food to people and that's our mission and we're doing that. But it was just always this like nagging thing of like, but we're doing this, we're we're part of this other problem that like, um, (laughs) that, that I don't like. And, um, so we started, but, but at the same time being practical, we're like, we're, you know, we know a lot of the people want to buy our food in this like grab and go form, you know, like, right. so it's just, it's just this hard kind of balance. I think, um, I started to, to face and, um, back in 20, I guess it was 2018. So just about two years ago, literally through nothing but like aggressive Google searching, I like started to discover that, um, compostable, pa- the technology for compostable packaging was available. Right. And I was like, wow, how is it available? But like, nobody's using it. Like, why isn't, why aren't people using it? And, um, and we started to dig into it and kind of like jumped into experimenting with the compostable, like totally. I mean, I, I was just so excited about it. Like I, my, my mindset was not let's experiment with this for a year, see if it works and then like launch our products in compostable. Like my, my mindset was like, let's get this going. Right. <laughs> let's just like place an order, get it going, start selling in it. And, um, that kind of triggered this and that, that's been a whole journey itself. And there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of, you know, there's so many complexities to it, but, um, but that kind of like then transitioned our business to being like just a health food company to like a health food company. Who's also really focused on, um, doing it in this, you know, focusing on this core issue of packaging and that like working on compostable and getting our products in compostable has been really like a core piece of what is on my mind and what we've been working on for the past, um, almost two years now. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what did you discover about why people weren't using compostable packaging? Yeah. So there's a couple main challenges. Um, I think everyone's mind instantly goes to the cost, like, Uh Oh, it's more expensive and it is slightly more expensive, but I don't think it's the, 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 the premium price on compostable isn't enough where it would like price you out of having a reasonable price. Like it's, it's not, it's not that much more expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and the bigger challenges is, are are number one, the packaging itself has a shelf life. So if you Um, think about like a typical especially if like, I mean, for us, we're a startup, we're not ordering like two years worth of packaging at a time anyways, but some companies are ordering, you know, a year, two years worth of packaging at a time to get the big volume discounts. They're sitting in their warehouse or, you know, they're sitting somewhere for six months before it's getting, you, you know, so there's, right. there's, um, but, but with compostable in the shelf life is not, it, when I say it has a shelf life, it doesn't mean it's going to like just sit there and disintegrate on the shelf, like after, you know, several months, basically the, the shelf life that they, the industry kind of puts on it, which is a very loose time, but it's, it's about nine months. And it doesn't mean that the shelf life is going to disintegrate in nine months. It means, or that the packaging is going to disintegrate if it's staying on a shelf. It means that just over time, the packaging is going to start to degrade. It's not going to look as good. Um, uh-huh. It might start like coming, you know, this, the seams might start like 
the seals might start like coming apart a little bit. So it's just, it's, um, it just, there's two challenges that two, one is aesthetically. Yeah. It starts to not look as good over time. And if you want, like people aren't used to compostable packaging on the shelf. So they're going to assume it's like a bad product. Not that it's, oh, eco-friendly packaging. Um, and then the other thing is it can lead to some staling issues. Um, Mm -hmm. we didn't have those issues, but I know that's a lot of challenges that other people have had. So that's the one problem is, you know, packaging has a shelf life, which is really disruptive to supply chains because yeah. you basically have to be ordering, using, selling, and have it con- consumed within a much shorter time frame. Mm-hmm. That um, is not, is it typically shorter than traditional distribution channels and like food is ready for. Yeah. Um, that's one of the main challenges. Um, and then as I, I was talking about, like another challenge is really like aesthetically how it starts to look over time. And that was, that was the biggest challenge we faced. So we said, okay, we're going to transfer everything over to compostable packaging. Like we're going to do it right. And we started to make the transition and we noticed in a lot of our accounts, especially accounts that I would say like are more trendy accounts where it's like, um, you know, aesthetics are probably more important. We noticed our velocities start to decline after Mm. we switched to compostable and also, um, we would go in and we'd be like, wow, it just doesn't look good. Like it doesn't yeah. look, it looks like somebody crinkled up this. And so, um, you know, not a reason for us to abandon it, but it did have, we did have to make a big change in our strategy in terms of, um, okay, maybe this isn't ready for every channel yet. Right. <laughs> like maybe this is right. maybe. So, so what we did is we kind of adopted like a, okay, we're going to sell our compostable through, certain channels like our website or there's certain um, like corporate offices we sell our products to that really want the compostable or we sell it to um, like a local university that likes to have the compost and where th- that kind of um, it's not as much of an issue and we can also control the distribution a lot more. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, going to sit in a distributor's warehouse for three months or whatever. So um, that's how we've navigated around it, but it makes it really complex. Um, yeah. And then the last big challenge with the compostable is just um, end of life. You know, yeah. like it's it, a lot of people don't have access to composting and um, which is not, again, for us still not a reason not to do it because recyclables like aren't really getting recycled anyways. And most, right. most food packaging isn't even recyclable. So, um, but that's just like another, another thing that we're, you know, needs to be there needs to be a better infrastructure for like the entire, for this really to like, you know, right. It just, it just needs to continue to evolve. Right. Crazy. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but important, you know, when I did Tara's way, I was stuck, um, you know, this was 2008, no, two th- yep. early 2009 when I was doing the product development. And at the time everybody was moving their whey proteins into plastic containers and everybody yes. kept trying to get me to put it into plastic containers. And I was like, okay, so I'm going through all this thing to build a green manufacturing facility and have a really clean product. It's going in an oatmeal container. <laughs> like we're yeah. not going in that direction. Um, yeah. 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 And it's easier to use the plastic ones, right? You know, it's like, yeah, your life could be a lot easier if you just go that route. I know <laughs> if you just follow the herd. I mean, I was yeah. lucky because in that category that historically that category had been in oatmeal containers. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it, I'm, I'm using that metaphorically. It's the, you know, the cardboard container. Yes. Um, and 
so I didn't have to buck an entire system, right? I was just saying, no, I'm going to be old school and, yeah, totally. and keep doing it. But yeah, over time though, like with the, with, um, it, you know, becomes an issue with co-packing and it, it just, yeah, when you, when yeah. you're really trying to buck a system like this on packaging, it's a challenge. Do you, do you use a co-packer or do you do your own stuff? We actually have our own manufacturing facility, which okay, has been cool. another, another reason why I think we've been able to do this because yes. um, we're not, we, we've been able to be like, okay, this is slightly harder to work with, but like, we can just make these adjustments and do it. Sure. Um, so sure. that's been a, that's been a big advantage and I think enabler of us being able to, yeah. to move forward with this. But so when course, did you do start your bulk? Yeah. So, okay. So our bulk offering, so these are basically, um, so we, we've always prior to March. So pre COVID, yeah. we were about a nine, like 90% of our sales were wholesale okay. and about 10% online. And we always, said we want to start selling we, we know our core consumer who's um you know we, we call it a clean eater it's that that is a yeah you know, i get it mean different things but somebody who's really flipping over their labels and looking for whole real food yeah but like we know this consumer we know there are certain things that they're always buying and always keeping in their pantry uh-huh. raw nuts raw seeds like yep. coconut oil like we know that people are buying these um and we're always like, that'd be great if we could just like add some of those things to our website as like add-ons because we know, mm-hmm. we know they're going to be buying them anyways. So it was kind of always on our mind. And, um, once COVID happened and a lot of our wholesale business really like froze cause we, we sell right. to a lot of places like corporate offices and fitness centers and, and coffee. Sh- we, we sell most of our wholesale sales are, um, outside of grocery. So uh, we had a lot of, a lot of, okay, yeah, yeah. So we had a lot of those channels that kind of froze. It gave us, uh, you know, like many brands during this time, it, it gave us more time and kind of forced us to start thinking more about e-com. Yeah. We're like, man, we can finally do this thing that we've been talking about for a really long time. And again, because we have our own manufacturing facility, right. we have all these raw ingredients that we can sell. Yeah. We yeah. have dates, we have cashews, we have pumpkins. Like, we have all these things that we have are already in uh, available to just sell in raw form. We just haven't had time to like, do this project basically. So mm-hmm. there was kind of this, this project we've been thinking about the timing of things, um, kind of allowed us to start working on it. And the other thing we realized was, wait, like this is a chance because we can package all of these raw ingredients in bulk and compostable. And this is a chance for us to like really start making an impact in compostable because yeah. we're, this is the channel that we wanted to send compostable through like yeah. online. And so um, it just all kind of clicked and it came together. And so we 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 started um, in really like a couple weeks after um, everything happened with COVID is when we started launching our our pantry bulk options available online. And it's been so super successful. Um, And it's really exciting because, you know, not only it's, you know, obviously it's great to have um, a buffer against some of that wholesale business that slowed down. But I think what's really exciting to us is seeing how much, how excited people are about it. And also like, we're like, we can just make a bigger impact by selling more products than compostable. So, um, in the, in, and it's, you know, a lot of people are, you know, it solves a problem for a lot of people because a lot of people are like, Hey, I used to go to the grocery store and go to the bulk section and (laughs) buy my nuts there but I can't do that anymore. And it might be a while until I can do that again. So, um, so yeah, so that it's definitely a newer thing, 
but um, we're, we're super excited about it. Yeah, so I have been hearing, so I work with somebody, we work with somebody at FFI who does bulk oil. So mm. she um, does uh, a single source from single farm kind of thing, you know, oh, like awesome. olive oil from one farm in, in Spain and one yeah. time of the year in Chile and the other and fantastic quality. And she's been working really hard to get major retailers to kind of, re-envision what could be possible in bulk to kind of up yep. the quality right and she's been telling me that major retailers now this is not the natural retailers but like you know major retailers that had bulk sections are getting rid of them completely yeah they're like phasing them out completely we've been hearing rumors i mean i've been kind of hearing rumors of the same thing and yeah. also um just other cha other places like even outside of retail like I, as i was saying like corporate is a big yeah. space for us mm -hmm. like gone like that's just not going to exist anymore like um so yeah it's interesting and um but that I mean what I have said hearing that is that means there's going to create opportunities for people to specialize in this right mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. somebody like me I've been buying food in the bulk section for decades right because I was an yeah. early adopter of this right and and at no packaging or low packaging and so um yeah if they take if that leaves that opportunity leaves retail mainstream retail entirely right it's all gonna go online yeah yep definitely yeah great so, opportunity for you yeah and the other thing that we're really excited you, you you were just mentioning um you know your friends who's working with farms i think that's yeah. the other thing that's been really exciting and fun for us with the bulk stuff uh -huh. is so we've always, um, we've always, you know, sourcing ingredients from great suppliers has always been something we've cared about, but we've, we've always had such a limited set of ingredients because it's been limited to our, the, you know, the handful yeah. of snacks that we made, but like we, we've, our dates since we started, we've been buying our dates from a farm in, um, uh, Southern California. So, so we've always cared about ingredient sourcing, but it's been a, um, it's been a smaller, part of our focus just because we only have a handful of ingredients that we, sure. we use but as we expand mm -hmm. our pantry the really fun thing is that we're now like okay like we want to bring in apricots like let's right. find like an apricot farm in california and like work directly with the farm and that's been like such a fun thing to do like start to like talk to and it's always like you know you're emailing like the fit it's like the, the family, fa family right. farm and you're talking to the son and it's it's so awesome and it feels so like it just, it's so rewarding to be like, okay, we know exactly where this ingredient is coming from and we can like tell people like where it's coming from. And, um, and then the other really cool thing that we're trying to work on is, um, another thing we're just learning about farming and all of this is there's certain, like we have a, um, there's a farm just about, um, you know, five miles from where we are uh -huh. that does, um, that they're mainly pro I mean, they're mainly produce. No. They don't, they, they, they have, they sell a lot, like a lot of stuff, like a lot of, they have a lot of, um, fruits and veggies and whatever, but they have, um, a cover crop of oats, which they just, you know, they just planted to like help their soil. Yeah. And they're, they're like, we're talking to them now about partnering with them to maybe be able to like, um, you know, get the oats, um, in a form where we could sell them. And so like now all of a sudden, like they're going from like not having anything to do with these oats that they, you know, planted to help the soil to now we're going to be able to like potentially start selling those oats for uh -huh. the, so just like a really cool, there's so nice. much, I think when you start getting to like 
learning about all these farms and the farming practice it's such like a fun it's such a it's so interesting and so amazing and yeah. like it just makes I've always thought food was beautiful but like the more you can like go see it in its raw form and learn about it it's like it's so it's so amazing and um yeah. definitely like you know, it's so different. interesting to hear you talk about that because I feel like I, I read a um, an op-ed piece and I, I should have written down the name of the person who wrote it and where I saw it. I think it was on like, you know, Food Tech Connect or something um, about what's going on in, in retail because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the sales of packaged foods by companies like General Mills and stuff um, yep. um, have gone through the roof, right? Yep. And the natural category sales have in some cases done that, but not not nearly as much. Yeah. And it was sort of like a call to action saying, you know, we started this industry because we cared about farms and we cared about farming practices and human health. And what, like, where did that all go awry? Like, we ended up having a bunch of, you know, brands that were just adding one little new innovation ingredient, and suddenly that was a whole new brand, and it had no integrity to it, right? Like, the, right. it had, like, what happened to caring about the packaging and the farms and all that stuff yeah. that that was so an integral to the creation of the industry? So it's really fascinating to hear your journey because your journey is driving you back to the you know the roots of the mission of the whole industry yeah totally and it's it's funny because it's really hard as a founder to um you know it, you, i i i watch I, I read all the news i watch all the industry news I, i'm on linkedin all the time and you see like time and time again, like, oh, this huge brand just got like, or this brand just got like $10 million in funding. Right. And, you know, it's, it's like VC funding for this, you know, this product that I'm like, man, that's really like, it's, you know, they tweaked a little thing and, and, and that's, you know, nothing against any of like, there's no, I, I don't have anything against that, but I'm like, is that really what I want? Or am I trying to right. like do this bigger, longer term, like something I feel like Re and that's where I'm getting so excited about like the farms and the packaging. I'm like, this mm -hmm. could like really make an impact. And, um, and I think, you know, when we, people always ask us like, what company do we aspire to? Right. Um, it's always Patagonia. Like that's yeah. like, oh, not, not even in our industry, but like, we're like, yeah. that would be like what we, like, that's like what we aspire is like to be is a company that like, you know, just can make some sort of positive change and, um, and maybe, may, you know, at the end of the day, we want it to be around food, but maybe it's not like just our, you know, our snack product that made a difference. It was like what we did around that. And I think that's where um, it's, it, it, I, I honestly think everybody says that like whenever there's a, or my mentality is whenever there's a challenge or a big roadblock, like it always feels sucks at the time, but like ultimately like it, you're so grateful for it. And that's really what I feel like about everything that's happened with COVID. Like I it really sucked to realize like half of our wholesale business is just going to go away for six months right. or until the world's back. And then we just knew it was going to happen. Like immediately we're like, okay, they're right. shutting down corporate offices. They're shutting down fitness studios. They're yeah. shutting down. Yeah. Jobs. But, um, but it really gave us a chance to pause and we're like, wow, now we're doing this. Now we've added a piece to our business. It's the same mission it's yep. like complementary to what we're already doing but it lets us do things in like a little bit of a deeper and bigger way and um so that's just yeah it's, it's really exciting to yeah like, and like you said it almost going back to like 
the simpler way of doing it, you know, the, the back to the farms and all that stuff has been really, um, really awesome. You know, and it may end up being an example of, you know, pivoting to do something to survive during COVID that turns mm-hmm. out to be bigger than the original thing you were doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, if, if the pulling out the bulk bins, if that continues to happen and, you know, bulk bins, even if it does come back, you never really know where this stuff comes from. That was what our, you know, Safi is always talking about. Like, yep. why? Because it's in the bulk bin. Do we have to not know where it came from? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So anyway, if you're, you can be part of the solution to that, too. I mean, yeah. this could be a very cool long term thing. And, totally. and it's great for the packaging, you know, that whole thing. Yep. It's 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 great. Yeah. 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 So um, I don't know. What do you think about um, the snack? So the snack category has really suffered the, during COVID. It is not yeah. just you. I mean, yep. I, you know, and I think people, I mean, I look at myself, um, I don't think I've bought a single grab and go thing in months, right? Because I'm not <laughs> going. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're totally right. And that's like that. It's funny because like when like everything started happening and the headlines in the CPG industry and the food industry, they were all like CPG through the roof, through the roof. And like we saw some behavior that was I mean, like in, our, like the, the, in March or whatever, we definitely saw our online sales of our snacks and like Amazon sales of our snacks go up and we saw uh-huh. people like buying 20 cases of them at a time. So we saw some of that stock up behavior, but we're like, we're not like, our snacks aren't like increasing 10 no. times right now. Like all these other like headlines are saying, and it started to make us a little bit concerned. And then we, and then you, then people started to get like a little more granular and they're like, okay, like, you know, cereal and all these categories are up, but like energy bars are down, you know, right. or, or not down, but, or, you know, I, I don't yeah. know if they were down or up a little bit or whatever. Um, I think some of them were down. But, um, yeah. And, and, and that's where we took a step back too. And we're like, wow, we're in a, we've literally built our, before launching the bulk options when we were just doing the yeah. snacks, we literally built our entire business serving the consumer on the go. Like that right. was our core, consumer. Like that was the whole, that whole was the point, whole point. Was that, yeah, exactly. Like we know that everybody's living crazy busy lives. They don't uh-huh. have their own, they don't have their time to make their own snacks at home. Right. But there are people who want to eat a snack that's equivalent to what they'd make at home. How do we serve those people? That was literally the intent. We didn't even have big bat, like large bags of our like mm-hmm. main product because we're, we launched with them and then took discontinued them because people wanted the grab and go. And so, yeah, I think it's really funny. And, and I think that the grab and go, I think it will obviously come back a little bit as people like if it's going to be a slow transition, but I don't know if we were in this world for so long where grab and go was, I mean, everything was more, things need to be more convenient, more convenient, more convenient. Like that was right. the industry was shifting that way for the past like 20 years. Like right. as our lives got busier and busier and, um, and we were traveling more and more and all that stuff. And now it's like that stopped and I think it'll start to come back, but not in the same way. Like there's people are going to be, no matter what, people are going to be working more from home. Yeah. Like people are going to have like more stillness in their yeah. life. So even when, even when things return to somewhat normalcy, like it's not going to be, I don't think, I, I think for a lot of people, their lives aren't going to feel like as busy and crazy 
as well, and they were. you know, and maybe we will intentionally not cr create that for ourselves yes. again, right? right. Like, yeah. like I mean, the world went that way. Would we also? I don't know if that's the right word, but we enabled it to, you know, our mm -hmm. lives to get like that. And I wonder, I, d I do wonder I, whether we'll entirely go back to where we were because it almost was an unhealthy way to be living. Totally. And I can't tell you how many people, I mean, I've personally experienced this, but I've also talked to so many people who are like, wow, like my like self-care is like through the roof right now because I finally have time to like yeah. stop. And I, I have that extra 10 minutes to like do my, you know, headspace in the morning that I, I wasn't making time for before. I had, you know, like yep. people are, um, I think people when they, now that everyone's been forced to slow down a little bit, it's like, whoa, like this is actually kind of nice. Right. And I actually <laughs> feel better. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how how the, you know, sort of your core business evolves at the same time this bulk thing evolves. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we've we've definitely like the other thing we do, like just with our snacks, we now sell, we're now selling all of them in pantry size bags too. You know, uh, so we're like, right. okay, now people okay. want them. I was going to ask Which is you something we, yeah, we added that. We, we had it for um, a couple of our products, but we didn't have it for all of them. Yeah. So that was like an immediate thing too. We're like, okay, because people still want to eat them, but they like don't need them to be in necessarily. Right. Eating. And they're still good. You know, they're still, even now, like, um, once people start, I, we, it's, it still gives them, we obviously our grab and go will stay around. Yeah. Um, but having now like a pantry option for people so that if they are working from home, like they can just snack on those versus have, you know, right. having to use a small little pack. Um, so that was like the very first thing we did nice. and then we added the bulk options. Mm -hmm. So and we're, it's still like, it's still definitely like a, a, a sizable piece of our business. I think it will continue to be, but it definitely was like a little bit of a, we never thought like I, we never envisioned a world where people would be less on the go. <laughs> like we always right, right. A world where people be more on the go. So right. yeah, it's been really interesting to just see um, and think about, I mean, I know a lot of companies, we're like, wow, we, I think with so many people, it's like a lot of the things that have happened, it's like, you just never imagined that it would be in this, right. The world would be in this place. So. Right. You know, I, um, I was talking yesterday to somebody who I consider to be one of the most visionary business people, like it, it, an incredibly great business person. And he's, he happens to run a farm-based business, but it's, it's an extraordinary business. He's got an extraordinary business mind. And, um, you know, he called me to talk about some stuff and he's older. And he said, I, if I were only 30 again, there are so many opportunities that are coming because we've shifted so much, right? Yeah. Like, the the dis you know the disconnect um anytime there's some dislocation like that it it causes pain but it also causes new opportunities to come yeah. right and he was like yeah. you know i kind of felt like our world was sort of stagnant before yeah. this happened which is such an yeah. interesting thing for somebody to say yeah it's 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 i, I can i can see that though like it's like we were just we were kind of like in this place where I don't know, a lot of habits and things were like established and we were just like kind of going like deeper on the thing, like the trend, like everything was just kind of going like deeper in the direction it was already going versus right. like shifting entirely. Um, 
That's yeah. It's an interesting way to think about it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so who knows? And, and this whole, you know, working from home thing, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you're, you know, you had that as a major channel of distribution, it sounds like, and now people are, you know, going to trickle back and may never come back. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's a lot of tech companies who've announced like definitely no working home, right. definitely all working from home for the rest of the year and maybe indefinitely. So, um, yeah, that, that whole world is shifting so much. Right. Right. So, uh, why it, so you're in Santa Barbara, California, which is not the first place I would think somebody <laughs> would think they're going to manufacture their own products. So how did you come to that decision? Yeah. So, um, when we started, I was a hundred percent the mindset of like, we are not doing our own manufacturing. Like I don't, that's, I, I want to, I'm, I want to build the brand and the set, you know, like, yeah. It's, 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 Everybody in California yeah. I talked to is like that. Like, yeah. no, we don't manufacture. We're going to rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where the mindset was for sure. Yeah. Um, but when we started and we, you know, we're, we're, we, um, our story, like our startup story is um, typical to a lot of companies in the natural food industry where we started in our kitchen, we started sharing with our friends, we started at local grocery stores. So it was very like built kind of slowly, um, you know, by hand, me and my, myself and my husband. Um, and when we first came up with the product that we were going to sell, when we started looking at co-manufacturers and we realized what the minimums were, yeah. we were, well, first of all, we had trouble finding somebody. So we are, our, our core snack food line are, um, we call them bites, but mm -hmm. you could also call them like energy balls. Like they're like the rat, you know, like little right. ball shaped snacks. And when we first started that there weren't, um, that wasn't the category wasn't even didn't really exist. It's definitely uh -huh. a category. I think people call it now like energy bites and bars mm -hmm. or whatever, but, um, we couldn't, first of all, we couldn't find anybody who could make that for us. But second of all, um, even if we did, we realized how high the minimums were for a manufacturer. Right. So we're like, all right, well, let's do this thing where we like build it. Our, we, we'll start and ourselves. And then you have nuts we'll too, right? So yes. that would be hard yeah. too. Yeah, there'd be yeah. a lot yeah, of exactly. things here. Yeah. Yes. Like since then we found a, like, yeah, exactly. So we have like, a, we have nuts in them. So we, um, it's, we're like, okay, well, let's just like do this first year, first six months or whatever. We'll make it ourselves. We'll do like, we'll do it in a commercial. We, we always worked out of a commercial kitchen. So we were never like, um, you know, we always, ha we always rented commercial space sure. from other places. And, um, we're like, let's just do this to start small and then we'll transition to a co-manufacturer. And so really for like the first, um, couple of years, we're really focused on finding a co-manufacturer, but we could just never find one, whether it was the, whether it was because the volume requirements or, I mean, we were just too small really yeah. to like, be on the radar for a lot of them. Um, and about, it was about two years ago now, we were still working out of other people's kitchens on nights and weekends. Like we were literally, we were at the point where we were going in and we had a team helping us, but we were going in, um, at like 6 PM at night and working till like three in the morning, oh like boy, four nights yeah. a week, like making these things. And we're like, oh my gosh, like we can't, this is just getting crazy. Um, we were still hand rolling all of our balls. Like we had a team of people just oh, like hand man. rolling these balls. And, um, we basically reached this point two years ago. We had like two co-manufacturers on the line that seemed really promising. They both fell through last minute. And like one week later, we found out that um, there was a, a, a move and ready, like 
commercial, like our own, that could be our own commercial kitchen opening up. I don't know if you um, know the brand Jill's Crackers. She made, yeah. um, yeah. that it's, it's basically their old kitchen. Oh, so it was like, okay. they, they were move, move and ready kitchen. It was kitchen, warehouse, office space for a rent that was only hundreds of dollars more than we Whoa. were paying to rent other people's spaces on nights and weekends. Right. It was like, and we're like, we just have to, even if like we only do this for right, six months. for a week, really yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're like, we have to do this. Um, so we decided to do that. We got it. We bought a machine mm-hmm. to help make the bites, which helps us make bites faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're like, all right, this is this will get us through the next, you know, a couple of years until we're ready to, to we get reached a scale where we're a co-manufacturer. We might be more attractive to co-manufacturer. And we finally kind of got to that point and... Um, started to explore co-manufacturers again. And what we found was that um, we just couldn't find it. Like we always had to make a compromise. Like we either had to, um, you know, maybe they couldn't make balls. So we're gonna have to like make squares instead, or maybe they couldn't, maybe they could make balls, but um, they have to be too big or too small. Yeah, exactly. Change the size or change the shape or they didn't want to, they didn't, we had to use their ingredients. And if we right. wanted to use our ingredients, which, you know, as I said, we've been working with the same date farm for four years. We want right. to keep working with them. If we want to use their ingredients, then we had to pay a premium to the point where the price wouldn't work. And so right. um, we're not, we're not like closed off to the idea of working with a co-manufacturer, like in so many ways that would be so much easier, but we just aren't willing to compromise to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's like led us to being in, you know, continuing to keep our own facility. Um, it's not, um, you know, we have flexibility. We, the, the place we're in right now, it's like, we could still, um, you know, use it as warehouse, but you know, right. we, we would still find it's, so we're in a good place to kind of have that flexibility, but we just reached the point where we're like, we don't really want to compromise on what we're doing. And so we're going to keep doing it this way. And it's really, um, especially with everything we've done to like add on these bulk options, like that would not have been an option. No, if we didn't you have couldn't facility. have done that. Pro- exactly. Most likely would we not wouldn't have be been si- We wouldn't be sitting on all the raw ingredients. We wouldn't have a commercial, yeah. ca- you know, we would have had to set up a whole new business. Like this was literally, we're ready to go. Like we have a team to do this for us. Like we have, right. we're just ready to do this. And so, um, and on top of all of that, like it is really awesome to like have it be like our employees that are making the product. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's our team that's making it. It's like, we're providing jobs. Like, and we would obviously be supporting jobs if we were working with a co-manufacturer, but it's like really cool to like, you know, just have that be part of our own company. So that's, you know, um, I think as we grow and it's, we're not, we're not, we're not like in the mindset of, we would never do that. We just, it's always worked better for us to keep it in house. And it is right. obviously like a whole nother, we run a manufacturing kitchen. Like it's a whole yeah. nother thing to think about. And, I'm definitely grateful. It's like we have, you know, two co-founders who are, are we're both, you know, myself and my husband both like equally like give our all to this business. Right. And um, I think if I was like doing this alone, I don't, I don't think I'd have capacity to like have our own manufacturing. Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 I think you have to. I think it works for us because we have like a two-person team like yeah. managing that type of stuff. Yeah. So. So it's funny because you're talking to somebody who had, I built a factory, right? Like yeah. I did, that's that. And, and the, and partly I, it's because I'm in the Midwest, like we have factories here, like this is, and, and it's, it's interesting because then I, when I work with entrepreneurs here in the Midwest, they're much yep. more likely to want to manufacture. Like we, yeah. it, it, it's, it's more in our DNA to do it, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. But I think, 
you know, if you look at bigger companies like General Mills and bigger companies, they, they own their own manufacturing. Totally. And you just yeah. have better control over things mm -hmm. when you when you manufacture for yourself. And you as you said, you've had more flexibility. And I think that, you know, investors tend to kind of not get their head around that too much. Yeah. The other thing I see happening with co-packers is if you have specialized process or ingredients or something, then you have like product that gets manufactured in one place and then it has to move to be stored in another place. And then the ingredients are coming from somewhere else. And you have all these movements of product and then you never make any money in food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there, it makes a lot of sense. And what you said about, about your workforce, you know, for a mission-based business, that's a, that creates another opportunity for you to, to have impact mission impact and just how exactly. you treat your employees too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's one of our, um, so we're a, we're a B Corp uh -huh. and, um, that's one of, you know, when I was talking about, like, we've had challenges where like, one of the things I love about, um, I mean, I feel good that we're a B Corp, but one of the things I really love about, being a B Corp is I feel like internally as a leader, like I have a sense a sense of, I have these like guardrails that I always have to think about when decision-making. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's like, okay, we've, you know, we're considering this co-manufacturer can do it for us at a good price, but they won't use our ingredients. But right. like as a B Corp, we prioritize long-term relationships with suppliers uh -huh. and, I, and, and sourcing ingredients close to home when we can. And so I don't want to, just switch to importing dates from right. any whoever can get cheapest. Like I want to stay with like my date farm in Southern California, even if it's a little bit more expensive. And like, um, that's, you know, that, that it, it goes back to exactly what you're saying, like having that control and feeling like you don't have to compromise. Like right now, our, our model works like we can, right. we, that we can, the pricing and all the cost structure, it works doing things the way we feel really good about doing them. Right. But if we want to keep doing things that way and have someone else make it for us, like it gets margins start to get a little tight. You yeah. know, it's like, we can't, we can't pay the extra 10 cents a pack to have our ingredients, uh, our special ingredients, be, you know, so, so there's just, and I understand like why, you know, some co-manufacturers can't work with that too. Like I, I understand all that, but having, um, I think that the B Corp has been kind of, I kind of described it as like a North star for us. And we're like, okay, well, like, can we, what, ch like, will these changes like help, like, are they going to like help us as a B Corp or is it going to be like, that's really against what we kind of committed to. And, um, it just makes right. the decision-making process a lot easier. Like, nope, yeah. it's not about the lowest cost ingredient. It's about the ingredient that we feel best yeah, about yeah, sourcing yeah. and have the trusted supplier and all of that. So it's so interesting how you describe that, because when I built my plant, I, uh, we built it to the lead standard mm -hmm. and then we eventually did not certify the building and, yep. and people, cause it's very expensive to certify yeah. buildings yes. under lead and people are like, well, why did you go through all that? Um, and then not certifying. I said, well, it's expensive, but, but the real value of it was having this standard that you called yourself to and everybody else to, right? It's like, no, yeah. this is what we're doing for, and, and there are lots of ways to achieve that, but 
then as you said, there are guardrails. We're not going to do some things. And it, it right. was so good for helping keep everybody on the same page. Yeah. 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 And the team to be on the same page about too. Exactly. Yeah. Not just like as a leader, but like having the team understand mm-hmm. like, this is why we do these things. And this is why we make these decisions. Yeah. And it helps them be, they can be more independent in yes. decision making if they have the guardrails that are defined. Yep. Right. So yep. as your business grows, it, it that really helps. So that's, yep. That's very cool. It's yeah. it's really cool. And um, so how do you think, I mean, based on all this, how do you think your business is going to change because of where the world is headed right now? Yeah, I mean, I think Which that may this be kind is... of a weird thing to ask right now, given what's yeah, going no. on. But I think I think what, um, you know, when we when we take a step back and I mean, especially look at like some of the changes we've made with like our products and stuff like that, like since since the world has begun to change. Um, I think, you know, we feel at the end of the day, our mission is going to stay the same, Mm -hmm. which is bringing, you know, healthier food to people in a way that's like more friendly for the planet. And that's that, that overarching like goal and, you know, mission that we're aligning ourselves behind, like that's not changing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what, what I see as really evolving for but it's already started to evolve, but I think it, I think it will be a more permanent shift is um, instead of just focus on doing it in like a more narrow way of just snack foods, we're trying to do it in like a broad, in a broader sense of like, okay, like how do we do how, you know, how do we play, you know, continue to play in the snack food space, but also, you know, think outside of that as well. And so I almost see it more as like, same and again like we're we're still manufacturing we're still we're still doing all that so really it's almost just like a product portfolio shift i guess or expansion is what is if you really look back on what we've done it's been an expansion of our product portfolio and a channel shift Mm -hmm. um a channel a distribution shift and i think both of those things will remain um and um but it does change how we think about you know, how, how are we, who do we need on our, who do we need to add to our team right now? Is it, totally, yeah. is it a, you know, is it a, a salesperson or is it an operations person? And, and that, that mentality has shifted a lot over the past couple months. And that's where it's like, okay, like things are, um, you know, our channel strategies change a little bit, our product cha- strategies change, but now all of a sudden we go from, you know, working with the same suppliers for ingredients for the past four years to bringing on 15 new farms. Like, right. So we need someone to manage as far, you know, like we need, like, so that, that's kind of um, our needs as a business and a team, I think will shift for sure. Yeah. But um, overall, definitely trying to stick with, or, you know, and that, that's another thing I think is having, knowing what we're really passionate about mm-hmm. um, and saying, okay, just how do we do this in a different way that fits or, you know, in a broader way that fits with how the world's evolving right now. Right, right. So, um, were you already selling online before this happened? Yeah, we were. We were selling our snacks okay. online. Um, and so you had kind of the infrastructure to do that because totally. I think it's yes. been really hard for people who didn't have that to yep. adapt. Yeah. Yeah, we had the. I mean, our website was all set up, and then we had we self manufacture, but we also self distribute. So we don't uh-huh. work with an e commerce. I mean, uh, we do work with some distributors, but we ship. We ship. We do all of our online shipping ourselves. We don't work with a fulfillment center okay, or anything. Okay, so you, zon- you do your own fulfillment. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, so yeah, we didn't have to set... The, we, the only thing we really had to change was, like, you know, all of our shipping boxes were, like, 
designed to fit our snacks perfectly. Oh, sure. And like, yeah. So like yeah. little things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but um, outside of those kind of like small tweaks, like every it's it's for us, it, it was just like, okay, we're adding products basically. Right. Right. No, them, them, you know, here's another advantage to being, to being a man, your own manufacturer, mm -hmm. right? Cause that, what mm -hmm. that adjustment was, cause I, I just working with people, I see it's been very hard for people who weren't yeah. up and running to get up and running. Right. Quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think it can be, there's, there's so many complexities and especially if you, if, if you co-manufacture and you don't have your own like warehouse, right. You know, like that it's so all your products and your co-manufacturer like trying to then get that distributed, you know, like it's, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's definitely more challenging, but luckily for us, it was just a pretty seamless, um, it, you know, just mm -hmm. pretty seamless, um, transition to shift more of our business, um, mm -hmm. in that direction. Yeah. So you could be like the, it's not exactly zero packaging store, but you know, like that you talk about retail stores they in Europe the zero packaging yeah. stores like yeah I, I you could be the online version of that in a way totally yeah and what we're really um what we're really working towards um and hope to it's in progress but it's going to take a little while before we can actually get it up and running is um like some sort of send back program so oh, we can nice. have so for people who don't have and the, the reality with compostable is even if you have access to a compost facility, not all of them take um, compostable, anything other than food scraps. So, you know, first you have to be near a compost facility, then one that takes food scraps um, right. or that takes this type of packaging. Um, but um, a lot of people don't live near that or, right. or and there, there are bags that are also home compostable. But again, like people don't have home compost. So what we really need is um, we're, what we're trying to work on is some sort of program where, OK, like once you have 50 bags, you can like send them here and they'll get, you know, so I think that oh, would. I see to a compost facility yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, like at least in the short term before yeah. like because it's going to be another, I mean, five to 10 years yeah. before. The comp I mean, or longer until mm -hmm. the infrastructure is there. And so it's like, how do we really see this through like the entire life cycle of, you know, get, making sure that bag gets composted. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's something that we're really excited about and we're um, working on right now. So that's very cool. That's very Good. cool. Awesome. Well, who knows whether we're going to actually have an expo in September. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We'll see. We'll see. It's so hard. But it's hard for the events, too, because they, you know, if you don't, can't, if you cancel your event before it's been, like, declared to be a problem by the municipality or something, then they have to pay for the space, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that that was what was, you know, just sort of reading through the lines that was going on the last oh, time. Totally. And, right. And so now we're all like, uh. I but know. I'm hoping, you know, maybe we'll get to do it and uh, I'll get to see you. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if not, then maybe Expo West 2021. Exactly. 2020, <laughs> which is kind of in your backyard in a way. So yes, I know. Yeah. yeah it's nice and nice and easy for us to get there. So awesome. Well, Hey, this, it's been wonderful to talk to you. I'm, yeah, I'm, you too. I, I'm always, um, I, I love talking to people who have done a, a really great pivot right now in COVID because I feel like we all get to do these right now. And yep. um, you sure did. So this is an awesome thing. And 
Um, and I appreciate you sharing your this time with us. I'm yeah, sure other thank people you. too. Thank you so much for, for having me. It's been fun chatting. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.